You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Bay Area News Group. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. This is our first episode of the week. It's going to be a big week coming up for Golden State. Free agency starts Monday night, and it carries on through the week as well as Sacramento Summer League, the California Classic, begins uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, the Warriors head to Las Vegas. For Summer League, we will cover all of that. We'll cover all the free agency action, the news, the rumors, everything that you need to know, uh, as well as what's going on in Summer League, especially with the Warriors' two new rookies, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. But let's get right into uh, what... Uh, to expect in free agency. And already, as you can see here, we have some news. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that the Heat are declining the $15 million team option on Andre Iguodala, making him a free agent. And so Adrian Wojnarowski, after that, did tweet that the Warriors and, um, was it Wojnarowski? I, definitely Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press, tweeting that, um, reporting that Andre Iguodala and the Warriors have some mutual interest. So that happened. And then Arash Markazi comes over the top and says, Andre Iguodala's former agent is current Lakers GM, Rob Palinka. The two remain close and the Lakers are a team in play to sign him. So putting all the pieces together here, the Warriors were always going to be a suitor for Andre Iguodala. The Heat could have uh, maintained, uh, picked up that team option at $15 million. I think a lot of people would have balked and said, why are you going to pay Andre Iguodala at this point in his career $15 million? Well, the idea would be that the Heat could use that salary in some sort of trade. But they determined after, I guess, talking to the front offices that that trade wasn't going to be there. So they went ahead and declined that player option, thereby making Andre Iguodala a free agent. Now, Warriors fans have been wondering if there's going to be an Andre Iguodala reunion for basically since he left, right? Basically since they traded him away to Memphis a couple of years ago. Um, this was maybe always in the cards. Andre Godala still owns a home in the Bay Area, still spends a lot of time here in the Bay Area. I don't think that there was any bad blood between Iguodala and the front office. Uh, and if there was any at any point, and I know that some people thought that there may have been, um, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Iguodala, he got traded by Memphis to Miami. And I remember the Heat, I was at that game, the Heat came to play at Chase Center and they rolled out the red carpet for Iguodala, and he seemed to reciprocate those warm feelings. So no love lost between those two te- uh, between those two parties. I think Iguodala is very much in play for the Warriors. The only question here now is how much do they have to pay him? Because going into this offseason, the Warriors only have, they're well over the cap, they only have the $5.9 million taxpayer mid-level exception or veteran minimum contracts. Now, the Warriors would love to get Iguodala on a minimum. And by the way, that's probably what he's worth at this point in his career, right? This is not the Iguodala that Warriors fans remember from like the 2016, 2017, 2018 kind of finals runs. We saw him to uh, start sort of breaking down in that 2019 run. Remember in the regular season, he was bad. In the playoffs, he was good, right? He had that that swat against Damian Lillard and we, we you know, all those things. But, um, you know, he was pretty hit or miss those last couple of years in Miami, but he's still a good player, and the Warriors, having drafted Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, two wings, I think a guy like Iguodala, his veteran leadership, his presence in the locker room, I think could be really helpful to guys like that, and I actually think that Iguodala would rub off on Jordan Poole 
in a really good way. They have similar type of personalities, really confident, kind of got this FU type of attitude. But I think Iguodala could sort of help him rein that in and, 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 and maybe help him defensively and all those things because we know how smart Iguodala is on that end. Um, so I think that that would make a lot of sense, but I still think that the Warriors would love to get him on the minimum and not have to use a portion of this mid-level exception because they only have one, and they could break up the mid-level exception, use it on separate players, but that's it, right? Like, that's all—it's $5.9 million. That's it. And after drafting a raw player like Kaminga, and a good player in Moody, but even just using number seven, the seventh overall pick on Kaminga, that puts even more pressure to nail this free agency. And if you're Bob Myers— you want to use that mid-level exception to go after some other free agents who, you know, aren't so past their prime the way Iggy is. Maybe a Nick Batum, somebody like the Athletic reporting that there is interest in Nick Batum. I'm sure there is. I know there was last year. There was interest in Nick Batum. There was interest in Marcus Gasol last year. Gasol's not a free agent, but um, I'm sure there's interest. I, I just don't know that the mid-level exception at this point is going to be enough to get Nick Batum. He would have to probably take a pay cut. I think last year with the Clippers, he resuscitated his career. He could probably get definitely north of $5.9 million, especially in a wing market that's not very strong in free agency. He could probably make something closer to $10 million, I think. At least um, that's what the Athletics' John Hollinger uses, his board analytics thing, whatever. I don't want to get into like the mumbo-jumbo of it, but he basically estimates that Batum could be worth around $10 million. And I think he's going to be able to get that in the off- in, in in free agency. But... Um, I think, but but still, if you're the Warriors, you want to maintain that mid-level exception. And so if Iguodala, everything we know about Iguodala is he's going to maximize his earnings, right? And that's great. Like, good for him. No problem. Like, not saying anything that's bad with that. But if you're the Warriors, I don't. that puts you in a pretty tough spot. And you look at how these reports came out. And we go back to the Wojnarowski tweet, the Heat declining this. Tim Reynolds coming over after that, saying that the Warriors and Iguodala have been, in, that there's mutual interest. And then Arash Markazi bringing the Lakers into the fold. This is classic Iguodala's camp playing two teams off of each other. Hey, you want me? Great. But it's going to take you more than the minimum. All right, I'll come. I'll go to a championship contender, the Warriors and Lakers, or Lakers. But it's going to take, but I'm going to play both both of these teams off of each other. We saw Iguodala do this before. Remember, we did. we went through this with Sacramento. He played, he played the Warriors off of Sacramento, got a big payday. This happens. And it's the way to play the game. That's how you play the game, right? This is how, if you're a player, this is your empowerment. This is how you maximize your earning potential. But um, this, could be, this could put the Warriors in a tough spot because for the minimum, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. But for the mid-level exception, I think the Warriors front office would have to think about it. Um, they also have their own free agents to worry about. Kelly Oubre, Kent Bazemore. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second. This is Locked on Warriors. I want to tell you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My personal favorite is any of the fruit-flavored ones that are covered in chocolate. I mean, you can't. it's a winning combination. Fruit covered in chocolate. They have strawberry covered in chocolate. That's like chocolate covered strawberry. Uh, the cherry barcia, I think, is one of the most underrated flavors they have. The raspberry is awesome. The orange is great. I love all of them. Uh, if you haven't tried all of the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you can get two each of nine different flavors. So you can get your own fave that way. Not only are Built, Bar's fla- Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 
17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off on your next order. So again, try Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so let's talk about Kelly Oubre first. Uh, that's the big domino, I think, for Golden State, right? Uh, if he decides that he wants to walk in free agency, he's going to have some suitors, right? We've already heard rumors that Miami could be interested, San Antonio, New York. Uh, and all those places make sense. Miami doesn't really have cap space now, but they will have uh, a mid-level exception that's more than what the Warriors have. I think it's something between 9 and $10 million. That's still a little less than what Kelly Oubre's camp is hoping for. I think they're hoping for something closer to like the $15 million range. Um, and if that's the case, I think the Knicks could definitely be a player. And I think the Spurs could definitely be a player. We we heard over the weekend that's, that I think Kelly Oubre... That, a report that Kelly Oubre likes the idea of playing under Greg Popovich in San Antonio where they need a wing, right? And I think that he would be able to flourish in, in probably a starting role, that starting role that we know he wants. So Kelly Oubre, it, and by the way, based on all these recent comments, and you can go, there's been so many of them, you can go and, and look for them. But the one that sticks out to me is, hey, like last year, the universe was putting me in a box and I want to show what I can do. And I'm paraphrasing, but he did say the universe put him in a box. <laughs> That wasn't the universe. That was Steve Kerr. That was Steve Kerr putting you in the box. And I don't blame Steve Kerr. I think that Kelly Oubre and the Warriors, it was just a tough fit. Oubre in, in Steve Kerr's system wasn't ideal. They they only made that trade because Clay Thompson tore his Achilles. If it wasn't for Clay getting hurt, they weren't they were gonna just let that TPE, the traded player exception, just roll just expire. They weren't gonna use it. But once Clay went down, they knew they had to make a move. And Oubre at the last minute was the only guy that was out there. I don't think that there was ever an expectation that Oubre would be a seamless fit. But he was a body and a guy who could be productive. And he was at times, right? They had the 41-point game against Dallas. We all remember that um, and things like that. So uh, Oubre is – it sounds like he's not going to be playing for the Warriors next year. I think the Warriors would like to bring him back. I think they would like to bring him back, and I think they'd be willing to pay some money. But they would want to bring him back in order to facilitate a sign-in trade. I don't – not for them to not for him to play. So I think they would want to – sign and trade him and then create some sort of trade exception that they could use maybe by the trade deadline. The problem with that is that's not really up to the Warriors, right? As much as the Warriors would want to do that, it really depends on Kelly Oubre and it depends on the team that Kelly Oubre wants to sign with, right? Like if that team, let's call it, let's just say the, let's say, let's say the Spurs. The Spurs aren't going to help the Warriors just for no good reason, right? If the Spurs have the cap space, they'll just sign Kelly Oubre into their cap space, call it a day, Right. Um, now, maybe there's a, a, a place that needs a starting small forward and doesn't have that cap space, and maybe they're willing to play ball with the Warriors. And because they don't have the salary cap space, would have to use a sign-and-trade in order to acquire Oubre. Now, that's another option. But again, that requires Kelly Oubre wanting to play for that team. He's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I think the idea of a sign-and-trade is really slim, not impossible, but very unlikely it sounds like the teams that Ubre is interested in playing for are those teams that have cap space, and so it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So with that, we move on to Kent Bazemore, the other wing player who ended up taking Kelly Ubre's starting position at shooting guard as the season uh, ended. And Bazemore is a very helpful rotation player. I think he would have a lot of use on this team. Everybody in the locker room loves Kent Bazemore. Uh, he obviously has a friendship with Steph Curry, 
but I, I don't think he's long for the Warriors because he's looking, and he told me this when he came on my podcast a few weeks ago, um, that he wants a long-term deal. That after a strong season in Sacramento two years ago, and then a strong season, obviously, this past year with the Warriors, he's not looking for another minimum contract. He's probably looking for his last contract, and and he wants it to be long-term, and he wants some stability. And he, just wants, he just wants to stop moving around, right? Like, the guy's bounced around from a bunch of different teams. He wants to find a city where he could call home for a couple of years, and you can't blame him. I just don't think the Warriors, they don't have his bird rights, so they can't uh, re-sign him to that lucrative deal. And so they're going to have to either use their mid-level exception or minimum contracts, right? Well, we just talked about the mid-level exception in regards to Andre Rigadala. I don't think the Warriors want to use the mid-level exception on a guy like Bazemore, as good as he is. I think they want to find maybe more of a bargain there with the MLE. Maybe a guy that's even willing to take a pay cut. We mentioned Nick Batum, guys like that. That's going to be their plan A. Uh, considering that they got Bazemore for the minimum, I don't think that they want to uh, uh, give him a salary bump in order to keep the same player in a lesser role, right? So I think my, if my gut is telling me that Kent Bazemore probably finds that deal elsewhere and signs elsewhere and great for him, like good for him. Uh, but it just, I, I don't think that what he wants and what the Warriors have available matches just now. Um, the other guy I want to talk about, uh, two other guys, Nico Mannion, who's a restricted free agent. The Warriors extended over the weekend the qualifying offer, making Mannion a restricted free agent. Now, I had my doubts that they would even do that. I thought as a rookie, he didn't make an impact at all. Like, I didn't think it was a really uh, impressive rookie campaign by any stretch for Nico. But um, his showing with the Italian Olympic team... I think at least show the Warriors, hey, there might be something here. Now, it always made a little bit of sense to extend the qualifying offer to him and let him play it out in training camp and compete for a job. And and I th- and at that point, you can waive him for little to no cost, you know, before his salary is guaranteed or whatever. But um, at this point, I think they're they're impressed by why by what they've seen with the Italian team, and they and and Mannion has more than earned a trip. Now he's not going to play in summer league because he's still playing in the Olympics, but. I think he's earned a, a training camp invite and a train and an opportunity to compete for the backup point guard job, right? And we're going to talk about some other point guard options the Warriors have here in a little bit. The other guy I want to talk about is Alan Smiley-Geach, who um, the Athletic reported first that the Warriors will waive him before his guaranteed dead, deadline on August 6th. Everybody expected it. I can confirm the Warriors are planning on waiving Alan Smiley-Geach. Um, this should not come as a surprise to anybody who watched Smilagic over the last couple of years, especially this last year. He's just so far away. He's just so far away. Nice guy. Um, you wish him the best. Probably, I mean, it, it's probably going back overseas. Maybe he can go play in Belgrade or something like his hometown uh, or something like that. But uh, I think he could do well in an overseas type of setting. Um, but right, but the NBA game was just moving way too fast for him. He just seemed overwhelmed at every sec, at every you know turn uh, when he was on the court. The little amount that he was on the court, so no surprise. Alan Smilagic will be waived. That frees up a roster spot now for the Warriors. They have 14. Okay, now they can clear up other space. They can waive Damian Lee. They can waive Michael Mulder. I think Mulder is the guy that's probably next up on the bubble. We'll see what happens with Mannion. Um, they. They have ways to go get guys. Um, my bet is they probably use this mid-level exception on a difference maker. I don't think it's a guarantee that they use the MLE. Like I, I this is a capped-out team, and every time you hear Joe Lake up talk, he mentions the finances. But if they can get a difference maker, I think they will. That's what we're going to talk about next. But first, 
Let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your favorite UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so let's look here at. I'm going to move my screen around a little bit here. Um, at some possible Warriors free agent targets. So this is an article I wrote for MercuryNews.com. You can check it out over there, support local journalism, etc. Um, one guy I did not mention was Jordan Bell. Uh, he is technically a free agent. The Warriors are not bringing him back. Um, all right, so mid-level exception targets. That's what we were talking about before. I named four here. I went into detail and had some other possible targets here. I didn't mention Nick Batum here, only because I think maybe he's probably a target, but like I said, I think his earning power is such that he's probably not in the price range for the Warriors. We'll see. Maybe they can make it happen. Um, they're certainly banking on it. I just don't know that if it's between teams like the Lakers. I think the Clippers, Kawhi enters free agency. He's going to resign. I know that there's people that think, oh, well, Batum doesn't want to resign with the Clippers because with Kawhi being injured for most of the year, recovering from his ACL thing, uh, they're not really a championship contender. All I know is that the Clippers were like empowered Nick Batum. He played really well there. He played well in the playoffs, even when Kawhi wasn't there and Paul George was there. Players don't really think like that, right? And so I, I wouldn't be shocked if Batum returned to the Clippers. I think that the Lakers are certainly in play. I think the Warriors are in play. Uh, they obviously, re- there was registered interest a summer ago, but we still haven't seen Clay. We don't know when he's going to be out there. And Bob Myers' recent comments kind of tell us, hey, he might not even be ready for the start of the regular season. So we'll see. Batum is a target, but to me, it's more of a, a kind of a reaching target. These guys, I think, are a little bit more realistic. So first one I want to talk about is Patty Mills. So we know Patty Mills, right? 32-year-old point guard, played a long time for San Antonio, most of his career. Old St. Mary's guy. Um... I think this would be a great fit for the Warriors if if they're not so keen on using the mid-level exception on somebody who's not a difference maker. I think Patty Mills is a difference maker. I think he would be worth the mid-level exception. Again, 32 years old, but a 39% three-point shooter, um, takes care of the ball. I think he's a guy who can you know make things happen. He can penetrate. He can drive and kick. Uh, he obviously spaced the floor. You probably don't play him next to guys like Steph and Clay, but if you really wanted to go small and put a bunch of three-point shooting on the court, I think you could, right? I don't, I just don't think you want to do it for long stretches because of the defense. But I think this would be a home run, a guy like Patty Mills on on the mid-level. You can get just a veteran, proven point guard. You can come in, Jordan Poole uh, as your se- as your second guard there. Wanda Sano Anderson, Moses Moody. I don't know, maybe James Wiseman if he comes off the bench like that to me makes sense he can presence to sort of stabilize in it and the same goes for a guy like Corey joseph he's waived by the pistons but not because he wasn't any good but because of salary cap reasons it looks like detroit is looking to make a big move i think they've cleared more than 20 million dollars in cap space now um hey maybe they're a kelly Oubre team i don't know um average 12 points five and a half assists 3.2 rebounds 1.2 steals and a little bit more than 26 minutes last year for the pistons so he had a good year um 
for them. And then the, he, he was traded by the Kings in March. He was okay in Sacramento, but everybody's just sort of okay in Sacramento. Uh, Joseph is 29 years old as opposed to Patty Mills, who's 32. He's another guy like Mills. I think both of those guys, it's going to be contending teams looking for a veteran backup point guard type of presence. I think Mills will have suitors. I think Corey Joseph will have suitors. But I think the Warriors ought to be on the top of the list for any of those guys. And by the way, while we're here, this would have been a different story had the Warriors drafted a point guard, right? But they didn't, right? And I'm not blaming them. Davion Mitchell was high on their list. He was off the board at number nine to Sacramento. Moses Moody there at 14 was the guy highest on their board. I think that was a really good value pick at number 14. But they didn't get a point guard in this draft, right? They took they they took uh, Kaminga over a guy like Booknight. Um, and they thought, hey, wings, they're going to be tough to find in free agency. Let's grab them. Let's just grab them here in the draft. I think that was the right move to get wings. I still have my doubts about Kaminga being the right pick. I think I still would have went Franz Wagner if I were them. But um, I got that now makes the veteran point guard, that backup point guard, a really big area I need. So that's why I listed mostly those guys. Austin Rivers is another one. Um, kind of more of a two-guard kind of guy, but he can definitely handle the ball a little bit. He's got a good assist-to-turnover ratio, 2.25 assists to every every turnover. That's that's solid. Um, he's a he's a, you, a respectable three-point shooter, almost 37% last season from three-point range. Uh, he's 29 years old. You know, he's bounced around five teams the last three years, right? He's bounced around a lot. You get the sense that he's probably looking for a more stable place. I think he would really uh, relish being able to play for a championship, uh, championship winning organization like the Warriors. Maybe a return to the East Coast. I mean, his best seasons came in L.A. with the Clippers. Maybe a return to the West Coast would be something he would really like. Um, I think Austin Rivers, and he's got size, right? Like, defensively versus guys like Mills or Joseph, Rivers, you know, he can hold his own defensively. He could switch a little bit for you. A little bit more, you know, kind of more of a sixth man, help run the offense on the on the second unit. You wouldn't have a true quote unquote point guard on that second unit, but between Jordan Poole and Austin Rivers, I think you would have enough playmaking there that it would work. And um, so, like I said, spot six man, spot or, or a six man, and even a spot starter if Clay isn't ready to, by the beginning of the season, you can just kind of shoehorn Austin Rivers in there at shooting guard until Clay is ready to to come back and play uh, his allotment of minutes. So I think Rivers should be high on the list. Not a guy I've heard talked about uh, a little bit uh, or, or or enough. Another guy, Trevor Reza. I think that's more of an option if Nick Batum, Andre Guadalla don't really work out. I think Reza is going to demand a part of that mid-level exception. He's just a guy that front offices and locker rooms across the NBA really like and keeps getting jobs. And by the way, you know he's 36 years old, but he played 28 minutes per game last year for Miami. Still can make threes at 35% last year. Could defend multiple positions. They played him up at power forward sometimes. Definitely a guy who can come in, uh, plug-and-play type of guy, and a guy who can unlock a lot of lineups for the Warriors, uh, which is something that I think they need. Other guys that I mentioned, Garrett Temple, James Ennis, Nemanja, Bializia, the floor-spacing big man, Alex Len, just a big body. And then we have some minimum targets, and I'll breeze through these a little bit um, because I don't find them as interesting. We talked about Iguodala here already. Another guy is Avery Bradley. So if Patty Mills, Austin Rivers, Corey Joseph, if they're not really on the table, I think Avery Bradley could be had at the minimum. Uh, he had a really tough year in Miami last year, and then Houston, he went from Miami, got traded at the deadline to Houston, that Victor Oladipo, Kelly Olynyk deal. Um, was sort of just a toss-in for salary cap purposes. Injuries derailed his whole season. He wasn't great, but a couple years ago, he played a helpful role in the rotation for the Lakers, on uh, that 2020 championship team, he he shot 36.3. He's a he's a career 36% three-point shooter, 
a very earnest defender, a guy who gets up into the ball, stuff like that. The Warriors like guys like that, right? They like guys who are willing to pick up full court, willing to kind of do that sort of dirty work kind of stuff, that grimy stuff. They like those guys because it kind of sets the tone. And we know that you don't want guys like Steph or Clay or those guys necessarily doing that. So you, if you can get a guy at the point of attack like Avery Bradley, you could defend like that. That could be very helpful. I think Avery Bradley makes sense. The Warriors have kicked the tires on him in the past. They could circle back here this summer. Another guy, Aaron Baines. I think Warriors fans recognize this name because we know Aaron Baines is the guy that fell on Steph Curry a couple of years ago and broke his right hand. Well, I think that's behind them. I don't think it was a freak accident. I don't think anybody has any ill will towards each other. Uh, and that make Aaron Baines is a guy who makes sense. I've seen his name floated out there by Warriors fans quite a bit. Known as this floor spacing big man. Um, has shot over 30%. Uh, the two years, each season, the two years prior to this last year. This last year, Aaron Baines in Toronto, not a really good year for him. Uh, 6.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, shot just 26% from three-point range in Toronto. Um, definitely at 34 years old, kind of breaking down a little bit defensively. He's just not very mobile. There's not a lot he could do. But he is 6'10", he is 260 pounds, he's huge. There is potential for that shot to come back around and for him to be a floor spacer. We know that the Warriors are looking for a floor spacing big. It's why I put uh, Bielitsia up there on the top. I would have included a guy like Kelly Olenek, but he's finished last year so strong for Houston that maybe he's also priced himself out of the mid-level exception. But Baines, uh, that, that might be a guy that the Warriors can get on the minimum. Other guys I mentioned, Irsan Ilyasova, Patrick Patterson, those guys... More fours than fives, but still floor spacing bigs. I think they could be interesting and helpful, especially if you play them in the front court next to Jeremiah Green to help space the floor. Wayne Ellington, uh, maybe a guy that would ha you might have to use your mid-level exception on, but for now, I think he could be gettable at the minimum. We'll see. Alfred Payton, uh, another big kind of guard, kind of a, a prove-it kind of guy. Like That's a guy who I could see. A lot of potential there. Not a great year in New York. Um could end up signing on the minimum on a prove-it deal somewhere. Maybe the Warriors are interested if they strike out on these other point guards. Tyler Johnson had a good year in Brooklyn. Um, spot starts here and there. Brooklyn's probably interested in bringing him back. We'll see. And then Justice Winslow. Uh, just an interesting name, uh, but has had his basically his whole career derailed by injuries, but fits the kind of mold for a guy that they like. Versatile, playmaker kind of guy at the forward spot. Six foot six, can play up a position. Um, I think, like... As a hypothetical, I like the fit, but the Warriors just don't have that much cap space available. They don't have that many swings in free agency, so I think they have to make these ones count. But I included them just for, um, I guess, interesting purposes. Uh, but that'll do it for me today. That is our free agency preview. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, uh, you can subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever it is that you listen to your podcast for uh, more free agency coverage, more summer league coverage throughout the week. You can read my work over at themercurynews.com. Reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg, or you can email me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Please shout out the podcast on social media or leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. Hopefully I'll see you here tomorrow.